Welcome to Mission Revive, a podcast dedicated to hope and healing through God's transforming love, where your hosts, anchored in truth and armed with faith, are changing the world and reviving hearts with Jesus, one conversation at a time. Hi, welcome to this episode of the Mission Revive podcast. It's really our inaugural um, on-the-scene podcast, which uh, I'm very excited about. But I'm Bob Newberry. I'm a board member of Revive Hope and Healing Ministries, a collection of Catholic apostolates impelled by the Holy Spirit. My partner for today's podcast is Ann Costa, founder and executive director of Revive Hope and Healing Ministries. Good morning and welcome, Ann. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. And yes, this is our first on the on the scene podcast for our video anyway. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm happy to introduce again a guest who's been on before, Regina Hardy. There she is. Hi, Regina. Yeah. Regina Hi. is morning. on, on morning. location. Good morning. She's on location at Holy Cross Parish here in the Syracuse Diocese in DeWitt, New York in celebration of our Eucharistic revival, getting started the first year of three for our, our whole beautiful church. And this was a uh, an exhibition that was put together, I said Carlos Acutis. And I'm excited because Regina has been working with, she is a parishioner there, and she's also um, affiliated with our Marian Center here locally. And uh, she has uh, involved with this project from the very beginning, and I'm excited to hear how it all came about. And the good news is that it's going to be extended. So we really want to talk yes. about how yep. is it that how is it that our diocese has this? And I know other dioceses do around the country and the world, but mm -hmm. how can how did this happen, Regina? Um, one of the ladies in our prayer group, Margaret Ingram, really wanted to get this um, this whole exhibition here and um she had you know talked with us and prayed about it with our prayer group our rosary group and one of the members said oh i have that in my parish and she goes to a winter parish in florida so when i went down to my my parish in hilton head um the group there was doing a book study on blessed carlo acutis so i joined in and um, at the end, they said, let's do the display again. They had already done it once. So then they were trying to figure out how to get panels. So we contacted um, Sharon Scheibel down in Florida and her parish generously let our parish in Hilton Head borrow panels for seven weeks from Ash Wednesday through Divine Mercy, 60 panels. It was wonderful. And what so we the had panels? the, pardon me? What are the panels? Um, the panels are, um, printed displays of the Eucharistic Miracles site that Blessed Carlo Acutis created. Um, he did this starting at about the age of 11, and he went with his parents um, around the world, traveled around, and he took pictures and information down on the Eucharistic Miracles, and he came back home to Milan, and he created this Eucharistic Miracles website with the information he had. And um, he died at the age of 15. Um, he was a young man, died at the age of 15 of acute aggressive leukemia, um, but he had started this exhibition, and after his death, his mother gave it to um, the Eucharistic Miracles site that you now see online, um, approved by the Vatican. Um, okay. It was... 
it was we the 60 panels we borrowed were ones that they had bought that they had in their chapel and in their church and they had it during COVID. so they had a very simple display in the pews um in hilton head we were able to decorate it and dress it up a little more with the help of some some folks who had done the original display there and so um when we got back to Syracuse, Sharon and I sat down and talked and approached Father who was going to the Bishop and gave him some information and the Bishop and Father both said yes. And so um, at that point, we began to make plans to borrow again the 60 panels from down in Hilton Head. Mm -hmm. um, Margaret, you know, we really still felt in their heart that we needed to have these full 165 panels is what there is. Um, so we, she prepared a proposal, took it to father who took it to the bishop again, and it was approved to be, um, purchased by Holy Cross and it will be shared throughout the diocese. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. I love how yeah. that happened. I yeah. love all those connections around different places in the country yeah. that came together to make the Holy happen. Spirit was so busy. I mean, we know that it just had to be him who was flying around and making sure everything got <laughs> from Syracuse to Hilton Head to Florida to Hilton Head and back to Syracuse. <laughs> wow. And um, it, it was it was just amazing. It was just a whole seat. And we've there's just been so many different times where we have seen the Holy Spirit um, acting. This weekend, we took 12 panels down to the women's conference. And um, the day before we found out they couldn't give us the tablecloths we wanted. So we were packed and ready. We got down early. Everything worked like a charm. Someone met us at the door. They showed us right where we were setting up. We were set up within a half an hour and it was just seamless. Everything has been seamless. Yeah. That's really wonderful to know because, you know, you want, you, you, if you're going to purchase or invest as a diocese, because mm -hmm. this, this podcast is seen all over and maybe yeah. somebody wants to bring it to their diocese, yeah. that, that with a team of people, you can, you can, yes. you can, it travels, it can travel within the diocese yes. from parish to parish and yep. different, different levels of, of, of numbers of panels, really. Yes. Absolutely. Yep. Um, we just, uh, as a matter of fact, the 12 panels that were down at Christ the King Retreat House um, just went up to Joan Spector, picked them up from Christ or that were down at the conference. Joan Spector just picked them up for Christ the King Retreat House. So they'll have a set up there this week for a week. So again, everyone's welcome to come up to Christ the King Retreat House, just a short jump from Holy Cross. Mm -hmm. They can take it all in. Yeah. And uh, when we were trying to get set up and going before, um we were just finishing up we put up new panels in our entryway so we replaced the ones that went up to christ the king with new ones so um it and it's exciting the stories are just amazing just yeah. amazing yeah Regina, so that's a I, panel behind I, you right that's one of the panels behind yes you. that that one happens to be blessed carlo acutis and it tells his story um so that's all about blessed carlo acutis great love of jesus and mary um, a, a parent asked me a week ago or so, why did he become a blessed? And, you know, it wasn't because he created a website with Eucharistic miracles, but it was because he had such great faith. Um, he converted his parents back to coming to church, had a major impact in them. He prayed the rosary daily, went to mass every day if he could. He took care of the homeless. They said that when he died at his funeral, that there were many, the church had many, many homeless people that he had cared for who came to his funeral. Um, he was good. He, he defended friends who were being picked on. And he was a typical kid. He played soccer. 
he played computer games, yeah. but only allowed himself like an hour a week, I think it was. Um, but he was a typical teen, but he made time for Jesus and Mary. And that's what made him so special. And he had great love and belief in the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. And that's why this panel, these, this Eucharistic Miracles website was created because he had that great love of Jesus and Mary and belief in the real presence. And he wanted to share it with the world. He died in 2006. So here we are in 2022, sharing his panels, sharing what the, his work that he did. A, a question, Regina. Yeah. Many, um, uh, I'm a convert many years okay. ago. Yeah. And uh, so the, uh, the concept of the real presence uh, mm -hmm. was, was a, a foreign notion to me. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Real, real presence in the Eucharist, uh, foreign notion. Uh, but I can remember um, being exposed to uh, some Eucharistic mir miracles okay. and, uh, and real historical events, um, and that got my attention, okay? Okay. So, so for the, for the non-Catholic mm -hmm. uh, or for the, uh, for, the, for the Catholic who were told, uh, many, of, many of us, who mm -hmm. don't believe in the real presence. Mm -hmm. um, can you uh, go back to like introduction 101? Okay. Um, can you tell me what a Eucharistic miracle is? Can, uh, okay. can, can you expound for, you know, just a little bit on, mm -hmm. on the real presence in the Eucharist? Okay. Uh, could you do that? I will do the best I can as long as you don't want it to be too theological. No, no, <laughs> that's, that's going to be. So um, the, the, my, I guess my greater point is yeah. that that um, the historical event yeah. is is what um, you, you can't deny its reality. Right. Um, right. And and then you go from there and you're trying to yeah. get an understanding. Yeah, the 165 panels that are here. Um, every single Eucharistic miracle has been approved by the Vatican. So these have been fully examined and are proclaimed to be true. Um, the Eucharistic miracle, what I've seen in looking at these panels, it's the real presence of Jesus, that Jesus' body and blood is present in that Eucharist. We don't see it. What we, be, what we behold in the communion host is a piece of flat bread, unleavened bread. Um, but what happens with these Eucharistic miracles is... Um, Jesus' power is, um, is presented in different ways, or Jesus is presented through actually a consecrated host that can turn to flesh and blood, and that has happened. And that's the more famous miracles, Lanciano and Santorum, probably a couple of the ones you were talking about being yes. exposed to. Yep. Yes. Um, where, um, and these were scientifically tested. There's actually a book out, A Cardiologist Examines Jesus, that um, talks about five Eucharistic miracles where the host turned to flesh and blood. Um, but some other ones there are, and you know, this is a time when we have fires and floods, we have earthquakes and volcanoes and all sorts of things going on in our world. The power of Jesus in the Eucharist, where people in faith um, turned back a tsunami, the priest took the blessed sacrament in a monstrance down to the edge of the sea and turned back a tsunami. Um, that was from Tumaco, Colombia. Um, there's other ones where um, flood in Avignon, France, and this is an older one, but this flood, floodwaters invaded the town and went right up through the church, the blessed sacrament 
Sacrament was up in the altar, the flood waters parted just like the Red Sea. And you, they were able to walk right up to the Blessed Sacrament exposed on the altar. So it's, it's the flesh and blood that we believe in Jesus. It's his, his presence to us always. Um, when you receive Jesus in the Eucharist, you are receiving him body and blood, soul and divinity. Um, we, we know that he became to us as a man through the incarnation and that we're just blessed to be able to receive the Eucharist every day and receive him. And, you know, think about what that can bring. There are healings that have happened from people receiving the Eucharist, uh, miraculous communions where people have been healed. Um, so it's the power of Jesus. It's the real presence, the body and blood of Jesus. And that has manifested itself in physical form that can be seen. And that's what's captured in all of these panels? Yes, all of these panels have some relationship to um, the body and blood, or they have a relationship to turning back. You know, what we did when we set up our, our um, chapel is we themed it. So we've got a group of panels that are um, about conversions and faith, where people were so moved by the presence of Jesus in the Eucharist that they changed their whole hearts. And, you know, we have the stories of natural disasters that were averted. Um, we have stories of the passion of the precious blood of Jesus. Um, and, you know, again, there's scientific proof that this was uh, related to a man who of Jesus time would have had the same blood type as, as what's been found And the blood type has always been consistent. So it's not like, oh, well, it's an AB this time, it's an O positive next. It's always the same blood type. Yes. Um, and, you know, we have a kid-friendly area where children can go. And, you know, there were stories, St. Anthony, who starved, um, he was trying to convert a man, and the man would not believe in the Eucharist. And he said, well, I'm going to starve my donkey for three days, and you put out your Eucharist, and I'll put out my straw, and we'll see what he goes for. Well, the donkey, after three days, went and bowed down before the Eucharist. And, you know, so there's stories that have touched people's hearts of all ages, you know, so we have a little kid-friendly area where children can read stories, um, you know, that they can understand at their level. Well, very cool, very cool. So you said you had some stories to share. I know that this has become a real part of your parish, right? And um, people involved, as ambassadors? Um, so one of my favorite stories is about a young girl um, in Montserrat, Spain, um, who her father had died. Her, she and her mother went to a monastery and asked to have three masses prayed for him. And they were there during the three masses. And she saw her father in anguish at the first mass at the side of the altar. After that mass, she saw him, he had changed a little bit. He looked um, calmer, his clothes were brighter. And after the second mass, she actually saw him ascend into, after the third mass, she actually saw him ascend into the skies, as it said. But to me, that one just transmits that power of the prayer of the masses for the holy souls in purgatory, that we need to pray for them. And they didn't really believe that she was seeing him because no one else could see the father, see her father, but her. But what they did, she saw flames. And so what they did is they said, put a tissue where you see the flames. And when she put that tissue in there, they could see the tissue burn. Mm. Um, that was the only 
only thing that they could see was the actual tissue burning in the flames. But I just, I love that story. And it just makes me think of, you know, how many people may not know. I mean, remember when we were young, we all went and got um, masses set for people that had passed. And we don't always do that anymore, but we need to remember um, the holy souls in purgatory and pray for them. Such a powerful lesson from that one. Um, as I mentioned, um, the story in Colombia where they turned back a tsunami. And, you know, when you think about the fires that we've got in California and the droughts and the floods and everything else that goes on, um, you know, just how powerful the Eucharist can be if we have faith and pray for God to relieve these things. Um, and, you know, maybe sometimes he's asking us to do that. Maybe that's what it is sometimes. It's a call to ask him for that. Um, how, but there's so many different stories. Go ahead. How about local? How about the people who've attended? What have you observed in the people who have come through and, and the people involved yeah. in putting this together? You had told me that it was really touching hearts, right? It was. Um, the girls were talking, a couple of our greeters um, uh, just were talking on Friday. And um, I heard one of them say the word ministry. And I went up to them afterwards and I said, you're talking about ministry. And they go, yeah, this is a ministry. This is a ministry for us. When we greet people, we get to know about them. They share with us and we tell stories to each other and they go, we pray for them. You know, we go home and write their name down so we can continue to think about them. So it's just amazing that, you know, people are touching each other through this. And it is a ministry for all of us this morning, setting up the new display was a ministry. There's work to be done. You know, it's practical things, but it's a ministry you know, and, and we're just preparing it to touch other souls. Um, people have come in from the Diocese of Albany. One lady planned her trip. She was going to visit her son, and I'm, I'm assuming he was east of Syracuse or somewhere around here, but she was coming from Albany, and she planned her trip to be able to stop here, she and her husband, to see the exhibit and then go on to visit her son. Mm -hmm. um, so people have just been so touched. A lady came down from Plattsburgh, with her children and is supposed to come back another time with a group of college students, bring college students down. Mm. So people are coming from around as they've heard about this because they want to see this exhibition. And it really is moving and, and probably everybody would have one that touches their hearts. But um, the comments from the people have been that it's inspiring, it's faith-filled, it's, it's affected their faith, it's inspired their faith. Um, one lady actually wrote that it removed her doubts so, you know, it's, it's building that belief that Carlo had in the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, and it's affirming and confirming it for all of us. And it's an amazing thing to see. It is. It's just beautiful. I'm just so, I'm so pleased to hear that, that it's becoming a, you know, it's an opportunity for pilgrimage mm -hmm. for people. Yep. And that's why you've extended it, right? Um, it's going to be available till when? Um, it's right now we have it going on through November 6th. Um, but after that, Father would like to continue it in some format um, somewhere in the church. We're not quite sure how that will be, um, but we're hoping to have another setting for it. Because um, right now we've got 63 of 165 panels up. <laughs> so um, there is a lot to see. Many people come in and leave and come back again, um, you know, another day, another time. So now folks who might be hearing this, who have been here and, and go, gee, I didn't really take it all in. They can come back all the way through November 6th. Um, another part to the ministry, um, we've always, for 
years now, we've had Wednesday night adoration from seven to eight. So we had the uh, exhibition open daily nine to three, and then from six to eight, we'd open it again before adoration and during adoration. Um, well, someone, one of our greeters suggested, let's, um, and this was Joe, Joe suggested, why don't we do adoration more often? So Father Foley said, well, how about we do it on Wednesdays? And Father Kurgan agreed. Um, so we extended Wednesday now from after mass, we open the exhibition, we open adoration all the way through to eight o'clock in the evening. So we have it going till eight o'clock in the evening now, and that's going to continue for the next three weeks also while we have the extended exhibition. So there's, there's a blessing to be able to have adoration all day long, just one day a week. It's just fabulous. We're yeah. so happy. Yeah. What a tremendous opportunity to encounter yeah. our Eucharistic Lord. Yes. I just, yes. Um, oh my goodness, I'm thinking about how how we're in this Eucharistic, Eucharistic revival. I guess it's three yeah. years that they're going to be focused on this, but what yes. a beautiful way for any kind of any yeah. parish, any, any diocese to, 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 to literally uh, help people to, to be touched by our Lord yes. and, and, and so many different ways. I just, I just love it. But, yeah. you know, we, we don't, we, we have to know, we have to know, know him and this mm -hmm. and we have to know how he's showing himself yes. to us yes. and this is so so concrete we can yes. really yeah. so hopeful yeah and this some of them are older you know like um bob we talked about lanciano and santoram those are older miracles but um we there are miracles from the 1900s and 2000s and i know that we just sent um one from batania and from india um, up to the Christ the King retreat house. And those are more recent. We have some here in our chapel that are more recent. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not like he's not still talking to us today. It's, I guess, a matter of whether we're listening or being observant or, you know, I don't know what it is, but, um, you know, certainly he's, our Lord is still talking to us today and uh, he's, it's starting to become more evident. Yeah. Yeah. How young is too young to, for a kid to attend your exhibit? You know, um, probably just about any page, any age. We've got coloring pages for them, you know, that are based on the Eucharist and Blessed, Blessed Carlo. There's actually a Blessed Carlo Acutus coloring book. <laughs> and in no, the end of November, Augustine Institute is putting out a comic book. So, you know, um, so really, you know, okay. as long as the, the parent, you know, is, is comfortable, they can bring them in and, you know, they can wander around. Um, there are stories about, like I said, the animals, the animals have been reverent to Jesus so that, you know, they can relate to that at their age. Yeah. Um, you know, there's it, pictures of images of the infant Jesus, the child Jesus and the host, they can relate to those. So we tried to build this kid friendly area because Holy Cross has a school and this was wonderful. Last week, um, the teachers each brought their classes in one at a time oh, and wow. brought them in on Wednesday for adoration for like about 10 minutes and then into the chapel for the exhibition. So it was fabulous to see the children here. Yeah. Oh, outstanding. Yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. I think, you know, as a, as a parent or a grandparent, um, attending mm -hmm. uh, gives, gives me a reference point for weeks mm -hmm. and months and years going forward yes to yeah. uh to discuss explore learn mm -hmm. more about um, mm -hmm. um this this whole thing so yeah 
Yeah. Oh, good work, Regina. That, well, it's the work of the Holy Spirit and a large team of people that, that would, it would never have been accomplished without all of them. Um, we've got a great bunch of people here, wonderful volunteers, and everybody, you know, you see people use their gifts and talents. Um, when I was in Hilton Head, one of the ladies goes, this is how we'll decorate the tables. And when we came up here, they saw pictures of that and the ladies duplicated that here, you yeah. know, so it's very stunning. It's, it's white with red runners and has roses, you know, um, vases with roses on it. And, you know, so it's all done in honor of the Lord. And so it's beautiful because it should be just like we placed him in a monstrance. We're placing his work out for everyone to see in a beautiful setting. Wonderful. So if an, if a parish or diocese wants to, to do this how what, mm -hmm. what would they do what would they do? what i'll they go to go to our holy cross website mm -hmm. and um they'll see a place where they can you know if they scroll down they'll see eucharistic miracles and a link to that they'll go into our eucharistic miracles area where they'll um be able to request information and we can send it over to them Okay. And, yeah. and, and just in general for other pair, other dioceses, other places, yeah. How, yeah. How, is there a, a centralized place where they can purchase their own? Or? Yes. Um, we used a printer out in Chicago, Proforma printer. Um, they could call our office here and um, we could provide them with that information because um, yeah, he, this, and this gentleman who did this for us is um, approved by the Eucharistic Miracles exhibition site now um, to do it for the United States. So he's got full accreditation. And I mean, um, the colors, the the artwork, the he puts them on a PVC board. So you're not they're not on styrofoam or foam board. They're on PVC board. So they're sturdy, um, easy to keep clean and take care of. Yeah. Wonderful. That's okay. so wonderful to know. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Thank you so much. Is there anything else that you would like us to know before we sign off today? Yeah, I want to give a shout out. Um, we had wonderful um, help from um, Aurora of Central New York, who Anne is very familiar with, um, and letting us borrow um, audiovisual aids. And for us, we have made sure that we tried to have every, there's a couple of documentaries that they will be loaned out along with the panels when people borrow, um, that we can have that accessible to them with closed captioning. We have made sure that um, a, a wheelchair, it's wheelchair accessible, so people would be able to come through. It's all on the first floor as you enter so it's totally accessible and we're happy about that and we thank aurora central new york for contributing to that accessibility and also the uh north american volunteers of lourdes um over on michael's ave um, was very generous and gave us a lot of holy water and their brochures so we certainly want to let people know that um they're wonderful these are wonderful organizations who are so willing to help provide information practical information, as in the things that people might need to be able to see or read or hear, but also, um, you know, for the, the wealth of information about Lourdes volunteers and Lourdes, um, what they do, they bring over the holy water and provide that to people. And we just had the tour of the St. Bernadette relics. So, um, you know, just really grateful to all those who have helped support this. Thank you so Great. much, because that really, again, it just shows that Christ is very present yes. in this project in that it's drawing people together to work together to bring yeah. glory to his name. And yeah. 
knowledge of his presence among us just is what he wants so thank yes, you so it is. much Thank, thank you, you so and much. praise God, and thank you, Blessed Carlo Acutis. Um, we're all praying, you know, for we have a prayer intention box, and we hope the second miracle comes out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah. Thank you, Regina. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks, Bob. Great to be with you. Yeah. Great to be with you. God bless you. Bye bye. Bye. We are grateful that you joined us today for another episode of the Mission Revive podcast. We humbly ask for your prayers as we continue in the mission entrusted to us to evangelize and revive hearts with Jesus. We would also ask that you prayerfully consider becoming a sponsor of this podcast or making a financial contribution to support this growing ministry. You can do this by visiting our website at revivehopeandhealing.com or through our Revive Hope and Healing Ministries patron page. We cannot do this without you. Thank you.